Hi friends, and welcome to the Coffee and Honeycomb podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Park, and today's guest is Kanisha from Restoration House. I'm really excited for you to hear this conversation because, well, one, she just came out with a book that she talks about, which is super cool. And two, Kanisha gets really raw with us. She shares the journey of how she wrote her book and how it was born from a place of loss and that it was a story that really didn't make sense, but that God was clearly orchestrating the whole time. She shares what restoration means and why there aren't more women of color in the home decor place. I'm excited for you to get to know her, hear her story, and hopefully find encouragement in it. So without further ado, grab your cup of coffee and let's get started. Well, we have Kanisha here from Restoration House, and this is super timely because you're about to come out with a book. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, by the time this episode comes out, it'll already have been out, but that's huge. That's super exciting. Yes, yeah, super fun. What does um, life look like for you right now until launch day, April 30th? I'm sure it's, it's crazy. Insane. Insane. Um, I mean, not really. I guess for me, it's insane, right? Like, because everybody's, all of our lives are so different. But, um, and there are definitely people who have more going on than I do, but. Um, I think between, you know, having four kids and managing a house and then um, preparing for a book launch and really not having a team yet, um, it's a lot to manage and to handle, but um, everything is, we're kind of at the tail end of everything. So um, with all the details of like getting the books out to people who are helping support, you know, launch and, um, you know, just the design of all of those things, like just all the logistical things and, you know, launch party and travel after, um, it's kind of crazy, but it's fun. It's been really fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for making time in the midst of book launch craziness. Yeah. I definitely want to talk about your book, but first would love to introduce you to any new friends who are listening. So Kanisha, can you tell us like a little bit about yourself, where you live, your four kids, what you're doing? So Kanisha bikes and I'm from originally from Alabama, but, um, have lived in Seattle in the Seattle area. We don't live in Seattle proper um, for uh, almost 11 years now. Oh, wow. And um, which when we put all it, cause we, so we moved, we were in Hawaii for three years, but we were in Seattle before we moved to Hawaii and then we moved back to Seattle. So altogether we've been um, in Seattle for almost 12 years. So that's kind of fun. Um, but uh, we, we moved back to Seattle about 11 years ago and, um, I have one husband, thankfully, I don't think I deal with more, um, and four kids um, ranging in ages from 15 down to age seven. And um, my husband is, um, we're both really active in our church community, but we, he is actually um, on staff at our church um, doing, handling all of their um, money because that's what he's done for almost 20 wow. years. That's now, really cool. um, and everything that we've done. So he's, he's my, he is a very important person in my life. Um, for beyond obvious, the obvious, he's a very important person because he helps me not be a broke person. <laughs> <laughs> he's really good. He's really good. With is that. he free labor for your book launch team? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. For sure. What were you guys doing in Hawaii? So, um, Larry, that's my husband's name, Larry. Um, I've seen pictures. You guys are a beautiful family, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, he was in the military for 10 years. So we were all over the place. We went to school in Alabama, which is where I'm from. 
and then we moved to Texas, San Antonio, Florida, Seattle, Hawaii, and oh, then wow. um, now back to Seattle. And now we're not in the military anymore. We're, we're living the civilian life and loving it. Got it. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And were you always doing blogging, creative type stuff throughout this whole um, yeah, I mean, I pro- for half. Mm, okay, so I'm like processing all of this. I'm thinking, wow, I actually have been doing creative stuff for sure um, for uh, my entire life. I mean, I think most creatives would probably say that. Like, how did you start? Um, it started for me with childcraft books. Um, that's how old I am. Um, you know, on the from the bookshelf on the bookshelf when I was a kid. You know, and just reading them and. Um, kind of being inspired by the pictures and the stories and all those things. Um, And honestly, that's where my writing started, um, was reading childcraft books and being inspired to like write my own stories, creative stories um, and writing. But blogging started for me um, about 11 years ago as well. But I started another business um, 20 years ago called Polywalk Togs. What was it called? Almost Polywalk Togs. Okay. So, uh, Polywog, like tadpole, right? And then uh-huh. um, togs is like children, small toddler is another word for, for uh, ch- child. Um, I'm sorry, not child, but clothing. Mm. And um, I don't even remember what language. Like I had all the research and all that stuff, but now it's like far gone. Um, but Polywog talks, so it was, it was children's clothing. And um, I used to make, I was making clothes for my now 15 and 13 year old um, and was selling them. Well, this is when we were in Florida. So selling them in local um, boutiques and then um, was preparing to move into like production and mark going to market and all that stuff. And then I decided that I didn't want to do that. So I Oh my gosh. Doing. Yeah. Um, and then, so I, things kind of um, were dormant for a little while. And then I picked up the blog um, around 10, 11 years ago and started um, restoration house. And at that time it was me and my house and um, it started out just as a place for me to showcase furniture and um, that I was restoring. And it was so basic. I actually was just telling someone the other day, I was like, it was the worst blog ever, worst pictures. I mean, it was like back in like when digital cameras were, you know, the thing. And it was just, you know, you plug your phone into your laptop and transfer the images. And it was, it was, it's bad now. It was amazing then probably, I'm sure, you know, cause things have progressed and changed and, what did you host um, it on? Was it like Blogspot? It was Blogger. Yeah, it was Blogger. Yeah, it was blogger. yeah that's what it was yeah, called. Yeah, Blogspot. Um, so it was blogspot.com. And um, I don't know, maybe I should try to see if you can still get there. Um, but yeah, so, so that was the original intent of the blog. Um, but five years ago, I lost my mom unexpectedly. And um, this year, actually, in December, will make five years. And I... Um, stop doing anything creative like I didn't I actually just before that I had already stopped painting furniture um but I was still blogging and so um when she passed away I just took time to really grieve the loss of my mother and um I don't know I just think it was just it was obviously a really dark time but it was also a time where um that God used to really speak uh, a lot in me um and through me. And so about a year later, I um, was on Instagram. I know we talk a lot about Instagram and how um, 
detrimental it can be. And obviously we all also know as creatives, it can be a wonderful tool to build community. Um, But I was on Instagram and I saw a friend of mine, I saw her, a post that she did. And honestly, I, I, I tell this story and I wish I could remember what she posted. I do not remember. All I know is that whatever it was, God used it on that day for me to really reignite something in me. I just remember, I always liken it to the visual of um, seeing a picture in black and white and then having colors slowly fade in. And for me, that was what happened in that moment. And um, I just remember messaging her and telling her um, that just cry. Like I remember sobbing and crying and thanking her for, um, you know, letting, well, I don't, she obviously didn't know that what she would post would, affect me at all um but God used her and I I felt that it was really important that she knew that so after that um there was kind of this just flood of creativity that came back and um I started writing again and really just felt um wow I I really felt this uh, um what's the word I'm looking for not pressure but I just really felt inspired for lack Mm. of a better word um to remind people um specifically women of who they were and um you know I think it was coupled with the season that we were in um which we're technically still in we live in a rental as I'm speaking to you um but we'd been through so many homes and so many spaces that didn't feel like um our own or Mm. they didn't feel like mine so it was just kind of funny to sit in that space where there was such a parallel between my own, my personal identity and um, and making the connection between that and really feeling lost in home in my home, and yeah. um, I think honestly that's kind of around the time where my voice changed online and through the blog, and um, there was kind of this colliding of worlds where um, home really represented more than just uh, the space that I was living in. It was actually um, very, uh, very much synonymous to uh, what I was dealing with in my own life, just internally, um, trying to figure out like, what am I doing? Who am I? God, what have you called me to? Um, what have you called our family to? How does, how does all of this fit into that story? And, um, and so I started to write more um, about home and about the spaces in, in our homes. And I think until that point, um, home was really superficial for me. It was all about the yeah. stuff that we had inside because I'd paint, painted furniture for like seven years. Um, and so everything that I talked about publicly really revolved around what things looked like in our home. And um, I think God just really began to, especially over that year, you know, after losing my mom, just kind of deal with me um, on like more internal and eternal um, things. Oh, I like that. That, that, were, that were happening. So yeah, it was just kind of this meshing of two worlds that kind of sloppily, if you will, came together, but in um, godlike fashion, uh, really created something. When you had that um, like powerful moment when you're looking on Instagram and you like things black and white turned color, do you mean like it was in terms of reviving this creative nature in you? Like, was it like bringing back to God or a sense of purpose? What was like color? All of that. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, it was just like there was color again. I I don't know how else to describe it. I could, um, everything, like when my mom died, it felt like everything in me died. And um, again, I think just as a creative, um, you know, any creatives out there would probably understand 
what that's like, you know, when you're, when you're not, what I've learned is there's this like symbiotic relationship between um, the gifts of creativity that God has placed in me and my connection to him and my relationship with him. So um, when I'm not creating, then um, essentially in some ways, um, this is kind of a crude way to say this maybe, but, um, but I'm not communicating with him and I'm not um, connecting with him. So for that year, it really felt, it was really a lonely time because I wasn't creating, I wasn't writing, I wasn't, um, you know, making things, I wasn't doing things with my hands. And um, so that day was really impactful for me because it was um, a moment where I felt once again, like God was near. And Mm. um, yeah, it was a really special time. Yeah. And the way you want to express that was through creation. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love the backstory of Restoration House then too, of like, because I've seen, I've seen blogs or I've seen different people talk about home in the sense of hospitality. And then I've also seen people talk about home in terms of the actual stuff, like the furniture and the colors and the vibe, Mm -hmm. but you really kind of marry the two together. And it feels like this holistic way to think about home. Mm, Yeah. I, I, I feel like, (laughs) I, um, it makes me emotional because I sit and I listen to you and I, um, I feel like this, there's always like this ongoing process of really discovering, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of crazy because it was like discovering the beauty of God and who he is. And I feel like, um, home is the same, like we're, because he's, you know, when we are believers and, um, when he's a part of our lives, there's this, this ongoing um, journey, right, of discovering more and more, number one, who we are, but who he is in our lives and mm-hmm. what our lives um, are to be with him. But then um, in the same way, I think for me, it's just kind of astonishing for me <clears throat> to think about how in our homes, literally the same thing has happened. Like we're happening, we're always on this journey to discover what home is and how there's such a deep and meaningful um, connection that we have with him in our homes and how he wants to be such a part of that. And I, um, and I'm not like our home isn't perfect at all. Um, We have, um, we have a lot of things going on in our home all the time. Um, And I feel like I have four kids, (laughs) Um, but, but there's also this, and not to be like overly spiritual, but, I think for this season, God has really obviously called me to really speak to this. Um, And so I feel like because of that, there's also this fight or this struggle or this war, if you will, for Mm -hmm. an even stronger word, um, for home, for me personally. Um, And um, so this past like two years, I mean, honestly, if I'm super honest, when I said yes to writing this book, I would say there's been such a crazy war just for like almost my um, grasping for some bit of truth in any of this or discovering for myself, like what does home actually mean to me? Like if I'm going to write a book um, about home, my home, and you know, there's this, uh, our human minds tell us that things should be perfect. And so in my mind, I'm thinking if I'm writing a book about home, then my home should be perfect. Well, what is perfect? Honestly, that's a battle that I've had my entire life, this whole idea of perfectionism. Um, oh. so, so it's just been this constant struggle of really discovering and also at the same time, not struggle, 
um, but trusting God to really help me leaning and lean into that. And all of that to say, I feel like, you know, like I hear you and I hear people like you say, oh my gosh, you wrote this book about home, you know, all these things. Um, but I feel like I'm on the journey with like, with everyone reading the book, you know, after April 30th. Um, I feel like this is also a journey for me. And like, I'm right there in the middle of it with everybody. It's not like I've arrived in this place. Sure, I've gone through some stages of learning how to embrace my story and embrace home and Mm -hmm. um, being open to um, discovering again, like what God um, wants to reveal through home um, and use me to do that in some ways. But but I'm, I'm right in the middle of it with all of you. Yeah. That's really interesting. I, and I forget this woman's name, but she's like pretty like well-known in the Christian um, circles. And she's an author and she wrote this book about suffering and she Mm. wasn't going through any suffering at the time. And then right after the book, a lot of things kind of blew up in her life. Like her family was a pretty public figure, but it came out that her husband was having an affair and they thought they weren't going to make it. She was diagnosed with, um, think like cancer or something but basically like she was going through all of this and I think she felt like a fraud in writing this book of like how to go through is suffering it, is it um Lisa Turkhurst uh, maybe maybe I think you might be right and then okay. she said something that and then she read the book and those were the words she needed to hear to go through this suffering. and it was like God had asked called her to write this book not because yeah. she had come from an expert of being an expert on suffering but it was exactly she what she needed to read yeah that's crazy yeah I love that. I, I, it feels like I'm um, very similar to Lisa Turker's, um to her story. Maybe it is her. I'm I'm very bad with names. It's not supposed to be this way. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Is that her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it is her. Yeah. Um. So tell us about the Restoration House book. I read a little bit about it on Amazon. Like I think you yeah. shared the forward or something, and I was like, "There's something yeah. powerful here." So tell us about uh-huh. the book. What inspired? Like, how did that even opportunity come about? Yeah. Yeah. So the opportunity came about because, um, uh, I mean, very practically, uh, a, a girl or a lady named Molly from Harper Collins um, messaged me. I'd have to, like I, I should look back into my emails to see the exact date, but um, about two years ago, about writing a book, and she just simply said, "Love your voice, love following you." Have you ever thought about writing a book? And um, I thought that it was a hoax. Like, like I'm like, who does that? Like, yeah. who, no, no one does that. Can you should get it together? Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was, it was surreal. I guess it essentially is what I'm saying. So I took, you know, like 24 hours and um, and responded back and said that I'd love to connect with, you know, with her and have a conversation about what that could possibly look like. And so here we are. Fast forward two plus years, two, two years, some months later, and um, I'm preparing for this, this book release. Um, so, but part of that story that I don't share super often is that um, on the day that my mom passed away within the hour, um, God told me that I was going to write a book. And um, wow. I, I, oh God, I just got chills. Yeah, I am. Um, and I, now I'm crying. <laughs> I've even, I've never cried when I shared that. Um, but I'm kind of like, I'm, I just, uh, God uses my emotions. <laughs> so I, I cry a lot unexpectedly, but, um, me too. But I, that day he shared that with me and it was the most infuriating thing ever because I remember thinking, 
okay, that's awesome. You know, my, my mom just died. And why, like, why would you share something? I don't care. I've never wanted to write a book. I've never dreamt of writing, writing a book. It's never, it's not on my bucket list. I'm good. And, um, my God, can you really just comfort me? Like, Holy spirit, can you really just comfort me right now? Like, that's really what I need. But, um, a few weeks ago, I was thinking about that because I honestly, like, I've just been thinking about that moment because it really didn't make sense to me. Like, why would you share with me something that seems so shallow and superficial um, in a moment, in such a moment where I needed you, you know, the most? Um, yeah. And I, the Holy Spirit reminded me or just told me, if I, I if I had told you at any other time, would you remember that I started it? Would you remember that I did it? Would you remember that I'm the one? who, who began this in you. Um, and, and if you think about it, just the contrast between the two of those things, I'm, I'm being told that I'm going to write a book and I just lost my mom. Like one of the darkest in the, one of the darkest moments, it's just, and, and, and to me, the truth in that, honestly, it hasn't even been revealed because while I've written the book, I still don't think I'm able to really see the true, um, like the, the, the ramifications, you know, of um of what this how this will impact how this message will impact other people but it's like God sees all of that and he saw all of it then and he saw that that was a good thing even though for me at that moment it wasn't a good thing right like he saw that it was a good thing so he knew that it's just crazy it kind of actually just blows my mind like there was a dark this dark moment where all I could see was darkness and he's like but I want to share something good with you I'm going to let you know that I'm I'm for you that I haven't forgotten you, that I'm with you, that I have more for you. There's more than this. Wow. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I am holding on to, honestly, for me, I think that day, what I didn't, I didn't realize was a promise. And wow. um, so when Molly emailed me and when she asked, have you thought about writing a book? I responded and I said, no, because I honestly had never thought about doing that. Um, but I remembered that day that God said, you're going to write a book. And so he reminded me in that moment that it was something that he had promised. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Even like, I don't hear that often that a publisher and not a small publisher reaches out and says like, Hey, you want to write a book? And even that, yeah. that being gifted to you. And so like yeah. orchestrated by God versus you yep. seeking this out and saying like, I got to where I am because I did this, 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 but and yeah, that it came in such a in such a on a such a painful season as well. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's like it reminds me of like how God is always in the business of like bringing beauty from ashes. Like that's he like is. yeah, absolutely. And you infuse your personal story. So it's a book about home decor, but it's also yeah. your personal story, right? How does that tie yeah. together? It's the craziest thing. I don't. I I all of this really blows my mind. Like, can if I can be like really. Um, honest here and just say that I I don't know I don't know how it works I really don't I don't know how I, it doesn't make sense to me right but but it makes um it makes sense to everyone and um somehow it works um but what do you mean I, it makes sense to everyone? well the, these so what I mean by that is it felt to me when I was writing the book or when I was uh, like approached, I, I began to write the book um, or I began writing the book. It, it, it didn't make sense to me um, that we were blending so much of practical with spiritual because mm-hmm. um, in the sense, in the sense that, you know, like I could either talk about um, home and give practical tips 
or I could get to like the, the nitty gritty, like, you know, deep aspects of home of my story. Um, but it, it, to me, it was, it, it felt really messy um, to try to make both of those worlds come together. Um, but I trusted God and I trusted the team that I was working with, um, that they knew what, what people want and what people need. And um, it has come together extremely well um, because they're so good at what they do and God is so faithful. Mm. Um, but, but the book itself, um, yeah, I get, I get into um, the, the depths of my own personal story, which I think is really important just so that people can trust um, what I'm saying and trust my word as we kind of journey through um, you know, their own, as they journey through, I think, individually, um, their own stories as they're reading the book, um, and kind of just really leaning into a lot of the truths that are in there and trusting that God is going to kind of walk through um, some of those hard spaces or hard places um, with everyone. And um, I, yeah, it was just such a hard, it was a hard thing, but, but it's like at, now at the end of, of everything, it's so worth it. Um, and it's, it's come together so, so perfectly. Yeah, so um, the book itself uh, kind of takes you through this journey of my own life and literally from childhood um, through my adult life and how home has been the center of good and bad things in my life and how I have watched God take the good and the bad um, and use them for his glory and take the bad and redeem those things. But all of them, um, you know, very in a very profound and impactful way coming through home. Um, and then we have the practical where we talk about, you know, things like tablescapes, entertaining, hosting, um, paint colors, texture, um, you know, all those things too, because I, I'll, I, you know, I, I am um, definitely a bit of an overthinker, overprocessor, um, over-spiritualizer in some ways, but I, I, for me, I can't separate the things that we see in our home from the spiritual aspects. Like to me, everything that we bring into our homes um, uh, have the, has the power to impact us, right? Every time we walk into our door, like when I walk into my home, and I look at my favorite chair, or I look at my favorite rug, or my pillows, um, there's something that I feel. Um, and so to me, that's a very spiritual um, thing. It's a very God-centered um, emotion. Um, so we, we do, we talk about, you know, how it, it's important to create spaces that um, make people feel things. And in and, and the book specifically, it's a, a feeling of restoration. It's a feeling of redemption. It's a feeling of peace. It's a feeling of joy. You know, all those things, um, you know, we know as believers aren't just feelings. Um, they're actually tangible things in some ways that we can grasp and hold. But our homes have such a big part to play when it comes to the work of God in our hearts and our lives and those who come into our homes. So we talk about all that stuff. Yeah. I love the name Restoration House, by the way. What does hey. restoration mean to you? So restoration um, means the fullness of God, the wholeness of God, um, mm. experiencing the fullness and the wholeness of God um, in our lives. I mean, simply put, that's restoration. So I think that's an individual um, walk. It's also something I think that we continually experience until the day that we die. 
right? Like we're, we're um, constantly experiencing the restoration work of God in our lives, whether, you know, like how apropos, apropos is it that we're talking on Good Friday and we're talking about restoration, but. Um, Did but you just that, call it apropos? You know, oh my God, apropos, I love it. Yeah, um, <laughs> that we, we are talking about, you know, restoration because we, we get to experience the finished work of God um, you know, every day that we walk out, I walk our lives, but then we, um, you know, have to walk that out. So every day we're experiencing the restoration, um, and the healing, um, power of God in our lives as well in certain, in different areas, um, that we need his help so much. Yeah. You talked about, uh, how you used to be a perfectionist a while ago and I'm curious. Oh, I like, oh yeah. I haven't, I haven't you... broken free of that just yet. Yeah. Broken free. How do you separate like uh, wanting to be intentional about creating a space in your home, but not so much so that it's about aiming for perfectionism? Because I think a lot of home inspiration I see online is helpful, but sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like I need to spend all this money to create a perfect home. Yeah, I'm guessing your book is not about that, like spending all the money to create no, a perfect home. No, oh my gosh, no, it makes me want to like vomit just a little bit just to even think that I, that I would even possibly, that like, oh, uh, no, um, it's not <laughs> about that at all. And that's not to put any, anybody off. It's just like, yeah, like I can't imagine telling people go and spend money to make yourself feel better. Mm. Like essentially, you know, um, to, for me, that's what it, what it would be. But, um, but I... Um, I, I totally forgot <laughs> what you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh. Like, uh, how do you, um, uh, what's the balance for you of like being okay. intentional about your home, but yeah. you're not like trying to make this perfect place to yeah, show. I think, I think for me, it's really just learning myself and and for me, it's been what it looks like very practically is I'm asking myself, who okay, wait, Kenisha, who are you doing this for? Are you doing this for Instagram? Mm-hmm. Are you doing this for you know the friends that you're having come over tonight? Um, because you want to uh, give off this perception that things are what they're not. And Kenisha, is that really who you are? Are you really a person who cares more about what others think than what God thinks of you? So I think um, there's there's this constant um, there are these constant reminders uh, that I have, um, you know, to challenge myself yeah. to make sure that that I'm not creating a space that feels stuffy, that feels unwelcoming. Um, so I think for me that's kind of been those are those have been some of the practicals, the practical ways that I've fought against um, that 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 spirit of perfectionism, if you will. Um, I do think that, you know, um, there have been times, I mean, I'm 40 now, so I feel like there have been times uh, in my life, I've done it so much that, you know, speaking of feeling vomitous, um, that it actually makes me sick. Mm. You know, that, that I, I um, you know, to put it lightly, you know, I get really frustrated with myself. So I think that when I, um, I know myself better than I did 20 years ago. So I know if I'm doing something, um, that isn't going to serve anyone, honestly, not even myself ultimately. So, um, I think it's really just learning, learning yourself and really being honest with yourself about why, why you're doing what you're doing and why we do what we do, um, Mm -hmm. in our homes. And, 
really learning, I think, how to embrace um, in the book, we talk about home story. So I think when we embrace our home story, which essentially connects to um, why we're created and our purpose in lives, um, we can, that, that kind of becomes like an overflow in the spaces that we live in. Yeah. And just kind of naturally, you know, all of those things kind of come together in our homes. Mm. One thing that's also unique about you is that you're, there's not a lot of women of color in the home decor space or even the blogging space in general. And one thing I'm curious about, like for me, for example, like even podcasting or I, I work yeah. in corporate and even not seeing a lot of like Asian women as leaders mm-hmm. in the office, like because I didn't see other people doing it, I don't think I would have aspired to know that I could do it until I saw someone else do it first. Right. How did you kind of enter into the space without many people who are modeling it for you or did yeah. you? Um, so, so personally, I, um, I don't think I realized it, you know, how, like when you're younger, things are just what they are and they're not like, um, they just, it's normal for you. Right. Um, but then as you get older and you experience the world in different ways, you realize like what some of the things that you experienced as, as a child were actually, um, very unique to your, your life and your experience, your family, your culture. Um, and for me, um, my grandmother, my aunts, my mom, um, they were all uh, really into uh, home and the aesthetics of home. So like my grandmother, I've, I've told this story before. Um, she, we, it was not like we were well off. We weren't even close to that. She had little to no money, um, but she was, she understood um, business and relationship and she was a saver. So she um, and my aunt both, they would, um, they, you know, like we always had, really nice things in our homes. We had custom draperies, we had custom upholstery um, for, you know, like, and um, it mattered to them, you know, like the spatial um, layout of a room and textures and colors and all those things mattered. And even though as a kid, I I really didn't care about, I mean, I didn't think I cared, but I did about any of that because I can remember bringing friends to my house and being proud of it, you know? Um, And like almost wanting to show them, look at our drapes, like, we're poor, but like, <laughs> we, we weren't, but it, it was just funny, you know, like we weren't poor. I mean, not in, I, I want to be really sensitive to that, but, but, um, but we definitely, you know, it was just something that was a value and something that, um, you know, they, um, you know, spent money wisely in certain areas and saved and penny pinched or whatever to make, you know, other things a priority. And that was a priority. So at a young age, um, those things were introduced to me. My grandmother was also extremely hospitable. I mean, we were being from Alabama, from the South, it's kind of just part of the culture. Um, I can remember, um, her, she baked and she cooked a lot. Um, so she would bake cakes, pound cakes and all these things for people who, if they were sick or that she just wanted to bless them. Um, and she would, um, I would, I would never get to cook with her cause that was not, um, that was not allowed. I could watch her, but I couldn't, you know, help. Um, but she would quote unquote force me to, um, you know, deliver food to people in our neighborhood and in our community. So um, I think there was just this beautiful, and we would host dinners on Sundays or like lunch, people would come over um, and have, you know, meals at our house. And it was just kind of just this open thing. Um, So I just, I think a lot of those foundational things were kind of built in me from a young age. Um, 
and I just learned how to to do home and how to build a community in that way. I, so I did have that representation in my home and in my community. Um, I think as I got older, obviously college, um, you know, leaving um, and going into the workforce, getting married, having kids, there definitely was uh, less and less of uh, of that happening. And I, I, I think that maybe a couple of years ago, I had this revelation even more so about a year ago um, that there, there, I'm like, wait, there, really aren't a lot of people who look like me in this uh, area of home decor, um, blogging, um, that are, that are doing this. Why is that? And, um, I think, you know, I'm still kind of learning, um, and exploring and beginning to kind of host conversations in that area. But what I realize is that, um, if you think about it, you know, if you know, even a little bit of history, here in the U.S. and honestly, it's world history. But um, yeah. but for women of color and Black women specifically, home has never we have never been able to or offered the opportunity to experience home in the way that the majority culture was. Right? Um, if you think about it, um, Black women for a hundred years plus uh, were in uh, the majority home, taking care of kids of other people's kids like my own grandmother that was the her life for I don't know 50 years she ironed she cooked she cleaned she nannied um other people's children and then she went to home to her eight kids and gave leftovers right so um yeah. so so for for many years um you know black women um were building other people's homes so I think that the way that we've been offered to experience home has never been the same so I honestly take it as an honor that I get to um, to kind of change the narrative, if you will, right? And um, and I think that's why this conversation in that aspect is really important because I think we've we've seen home the wrong way, and and God is giving me the opportunity to speak to that and to speak life into that and give opportunity for women of color specifically to see home in a different way um, that we actually can relate to um, and see beyond, um, you know the big, the flashy, the nice um, things and really be able to offer this idea that home is for everyone and um, that it's not just something that's for uh, an exclusive, uh, you know, group of people. Yeah. Do people who read your blog or follow you comment on that? Like, oh, wow, this is a refreshing or a different voice. I, so here's the thing. I have never, I've never I've never initiated that conversation publicly. Um, mm -hmm. I'd never, I had never initiated that conversation publicly, partly because it wasn't even a revelation for me until about a year ago. Yeah. Um, so um, I've kind of started to kind of chip away, if you will, at a little bit of that um, very superficially, in my opinion, even though I've gotten a lot of um, messages, not a lot, a few messages from people who let me know that they're not here for that. Um, which is fine. <laughs> and and um, I very nicely let them know what they can do if they're not here for it, because um, it's part of, it's a part of my story. and It's a part of who I am. So um, it's a very you know, diplomatic way to put it. Yeah, it's just, um, it's a very important discussion. And that's to me, not even opinion. It's, it's, a, it's a very important discussion yeah. um, to have a very important conversation to host. And I do want to steward that well, but, um, but at the same time, um, yeah, I just, 
I think the feedback has been, you know, I've, I've talked a little bit about it in my stories on Instagram and done a few posts about it um, because I do think it's also, I want to be, um, be very sensitive to the fact that it is a very heavy conversation for a lot of people, both black and white. Sure. Um, so when I say I want to steward it well, I want to make sure that I'm, um, you know, using proper language and I'm not, you know, emotional when it comes to these topics that I'm not angry um, or bitter, hmm. um, but that I, there's this righteous indignation, you know, that I um, can confidently carry. And um, I know I also want to do it when God is, is um, asking me to. So um, it's time sensitive in a lot of ways um, as well. So, yeah, so I'm, we're kind of just now delving into that uh, to, to be super direct with, with the response to your question. I, but I'm excited about exploring more of that. And, um, what I, what I do know is that I've also received a lot of positive feedback, um, even though there has been negative, uh, for people who it's almost like people, people want to have this conversation and they're waiting for someone to talk about it. Right. And so when someone does, they're like, oh my gosh, what about this? What about this? Oh my gosh, I have a daughter who's this, I'm white. And this has been my experience. So it kind of just opens the door, the floodgates, if you will, to um, lots of different things that I feel like someone's just waiting uh, for someone to take the opportunity to open up. Yeah. It's kind of scary initiating those conversations, but when someone does, especially in such an approachable way, like you do, it's like, okay, we can have this conversation. And I think one thing that's super cool about you is that of course, like as believers, like being a Christian, like got like that lens of like eternity and of like a kingdom perspective perspective should be over everything. Mm-hmm. And it's, it feels like sometimes we separate like, oh, this is a Christian thing. This is not a Christian thing. But like you take aspects of our life like home, um, like family, like daily living, and even like our identity, like whether it be our racial identity or like our background and all those things and kind of how everything intersects together. And I think that's super mm-hmm. cool. Like you're very gifted in being able to have create safe spaces to have those kind of conversations. Thank you. Okay. Can I ask you a question, but it's 1040. Yep. Okay. Um, I, one thing I wanted to ask you before it was around when you were talking about the two years of you writing the book and you being like, what, like this was a a unique, a new journey that you didn't necessarily seek out and you were like getting to write this book. Yeah. What were your prayers like during those two years? Was Mm. it like, God, are you really going to pull this off? Was it like you wrestling with something? What was that like? It was wrestling. That's a really good word. Um, I feel like this whole journey has been just a wrestle of, um, or this tension between um, reality and seeing things with my faith eyes. And um, one common thread, there's been a lot of reminders that God has given me throughout this entire process. But um, one of them is that uh, this is not mine and that he wants the glory. And so whenever I um, find myself trying to make something work in my own strength, um, there's that voice um, of the Holy Spirit that says, I want the glory. Let me do it. And um, so I think there has been a relinquishing of control in some ways, which has been beautiful and wonderful. And there's so much freedom in, you know, the I don't knows and the I'm not doing that. and um, just letting God really, it's so, it's such a, um, a hard thing, right? Because I don't know what your personality is like, but we're all, I think in some ways doers and we just want to, we want to see results and we yeah, want to, sure. you know, 
put the pieces together and make them make sense. And none of this has made sense. I mean, literally from the day that God spoke to me that I was going to write a book to this very moment that I'm talking to you, none of this has made sense in any way. So I think there's been this constant struggle, struggle of trying to make things make sense and having God remind me, this doesn't need to make sense to you. Mm. So, um, or to anybody else for that matter. And I think that there's also been this conviction of, um, you know, just people pleasing and wanting it to make sense to everybody else, even if it doesn't oh make gosh, sense to yeah. me. Uh-huh. So, um, and when I say that specifically, um, you know, there are certain details about, you know, I'm putting together my book launch party right now and um, it doesn't make sense the way that all of that came together. And I thought I, I was going to have it at this location and then it changed. And there, there's just been this constant struggle of wanting to do things to please people. Um, and, but, but it's not going to be that way. And, and so I think that I'm learning that there's freedom in just accepting yeah. Um, the way God has uh, m- planned for things to unfold and just enjoying the journey. Yeah, that's cool. Well, it was a joy to talk to you and have this conversation. Thank you. Um, before I let you go, the question I ask everyone, and I realized I did not send it to you in advance. So if you need a okay. second to wrap, is um, what is your honeycomb? And so uh, oh. honeycomb, honeycomb is from when it talks about the law of the Lord is like honeycomb, sweet and mm-hmm. honeycomb. Mm-hmm. scripture is so good. Mm-hmm. The question is like, what is your, what is a, your honeycomb this season? Like a Bible verse oh. or a truth that you love that has been resonating with you? I think it goes back to what we just talked about. And um, three words come to mind when you ask me that. And um, it's for his glory. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll get a tattoo that says <laughs> for his glory. Um, but it actually makes me emotional as I kind of begin to process that. But yeah, I think that that's, that's my honeycomb this season is just that everything that I do will be, has to be, should be for his glory. And if it's not, then it doesn't matter. I love that. That's good. Okay. And then uh, I'm so excited for your book to come out. Where can people yeah. find it when it's out? And then where do people follow you on Instagram? Um, you can get the book pretty much wherever books are sold. Um, you know, uh, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, um, you know, just Googling it online. Um, it'll populate and pull up all kinds of, uh, sources, um, out April 30th, which I think people will be able to receive it at that point because this is going to come out after that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's, uh, it's super exciting. And Restoration House is the name of your Instagram where you share yeah, stories. And Restoration House on Instagram, restorationhouseblog.com for the blog. Um, you can find me in all Pinterest, Twitter, oh, Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> all those places. I love it. Cool. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please share on social media. I would love to hear. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode next week. Happy Wednesday.